That's all good. Got it. Okay, brilliant. Then welcome everyone to episode seven of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast. I'm really excited to be joining you here today, along with my guest, Barry Overton. Barry has lived a very colourful and interesting life, and it's actually very fitting that this is not episode 007, because just like James Bond, I'm sure that Barry has a few very interesting stories up his sleeve. This man has spent 26 years, or did spend 26 years, sorry, in law enforcement in Operation Desert Storm as a military police officer, and then went on to work in the Dem in the Denver, <clears throat> excuse me, narcotics department for many years. He then transformed that and made a switch to making over $75 million in his real estate portfolio. So it's with great pleasure that I welcome Barry Overton. Barry, how are you today? Hey, Jake, I am doing great and truly just an honor to be a part of this today. And I know you're all the way on the other side of the world. It's 9 a.m. where you're at and I wish you could give me the lotto numbers since you're in the future right now. <laughs> and I hope the future is bright because, you know, we've had a rough 2020, but, you know, I keep smiling and, and hoping. And I know, you know, people like you, getting to know people like you, we, we have a great future anyway. But it's always great to talk to someone that's uh, 16 hours ahead of us in time. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Barry. I can tell you the future is bright and I'll work on those lottery numbers for you. Now, I must I must compliment Barry. Look how sharp he's looking. This is probably the first time I've been outdressed on my own show, which I'm, I'm both happy and sad about. <laughs> yeah, well, we had to play with the 007, so I'm pretty excited uh, about being uh, number seven. That's just like Mr. Brown. Number seven is my lucky number. So, uh, all you know, the universe is lining everything up uh, great here. It sure is. And I, and as you know, you know, I sent you the questions beforehand. There's seven of them as well, which we'll run through. And let's get started with the first one, actually, Barry. So I know you've got a lot going on. Ignite Your Greatness is your debut book coming out. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. And now I'd like to know, but I'm going to pull back a little bit from that. And I really want to, the first question I want to ask you is, how did you go from that transition of spending such a long time in law enforcement for, for a lot of people that's really a lifetime of work 26 years and then how did you and why did you make the switch to thinking you know it's time for me to go entrepreneur it's time for me to go big real estate you know it was so law enforcement came to me my uncle freddie maxwell was the he's the first black sergeant lieutenant and captain of the austin police department this was my the guy that i looked up to and as I was graduating high school, really didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew he was successful. He was the example of success for me. And so that was the first taste of seeing and knowing what success looked like. And also knowing that, okay, if you wanna be successful, find someone that's doing what you're do you wanna do and copy what they do until you achieve the results. And that's exactly what I've decided to do and it led to 26 years in law enforcement. I worked 17 of those years working narcotics. Narcotics was kind of a passion for me. It was a very fun job because it wasn't in uniform. It was, you know, every day was uh, different and exciting. You see the TV show, I often tell people, I don't know if you've ever seen The Wire, it's an American show that was- yeah, sure. Yeah, that was my job. That was exactly what I did. That show was so realistic 
that I was like, man, they're, they're giving away some of our secrets. While <laughs> and uh, but that it was fun. Every day was fun going to work. And so I just really enjoyed that particular aspect of law enforcement. You know, some guys get into traffic and writing tickets. Some guys get into the homicides. Um, you know, I I chose to to go along that path of, of narcotics. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like I've seen the wire, and let me tell you, if it's anything like that, it must have been one hell of a job. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, it's so funny because you know, you look at me, especially like right now, you would probably find it hard to believe that I used to do undercover narcotics buys as a user uh, all the time, and you know, and you can't really tell, but I'm six three, two hundred and forty pounds, uh, pretty big guy, work out quite a bit. And I don't look like a drug user, but again, it's dressing down and really it was role playing. And it, so it gave me the opportunity to kind of almost become an actor and, you know, changing my my speech tone and, you know, even talking sometimes with a speech impediment to try and believe, be more believable as I'm a user and I'm looking to get, you know, $20 worth of crack cocaine from someone. And then the next day I may be working undercover where I'm actually, um, you know, a upper level dealer and I'm, you know, working uh, a case. So again, it, it gave me the opportunity to role play. And, and while it can be dangerous, it was also just something that was very uh, fun and exciting. And that that's one thing that I learned is anything that I can do that's exciting, whether it's as a, a job in law enforcement or in business, that's what makes me happy. Yep, and that's what you got to do, right? That's what makes that's what makes you happy. And did it yeah. did it stop making you happy? Is that why you 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 transformed into doing something else, or was it what was the kind of the moment you decided? The funny thing is, so I've been in real estate for nineteen years. So while I was a police officer, I was also a real estate agent, and I've been an entrepreneurial since uh, nineteen ninety seven. So. Um, I was doing law enforcement, but I had all these entrepreneurial endeavors that I was a part of for many years. And it was just something inside of me. There was that burning desire that Napoleon Hill talks about for entrepreneurship. And truly, it was really a, a fear of leaving because I had a very secure job. I was making six figures. The paycheck came every two weeks. It's kind of hard to walk away from that and go into entrepreneurship where things can, you know, be, uh, there's less security there. So for, for me, it was, it was hard to make that decision. But once I did, it, I, I retired 10 years early and I should actually still be working to this day because I've only been retired seven years. I should still be working right now. But it was just a point in life where I said, you know what? there's some dreams that you're you're going to let go to the grave. And we know, you know, we've heard plenty of that between you and I with our mentor about how many people have let dreams go to the grave. And I couldn't be one of them. No, and, and nor would you ever want to be one of them. It's, it's a decision, isn't it? And it's decisions are something we've both been learning about recently in the recent chapter that we've been studying. When you make a decision, the power behind it is incredible. Once you make a decision, everything I recently made, the decision that you made all those years ago to, to, to quit, quit the job and go entrepreneur, as you, you know, and some of the listeners may know, it's a decision I've made myself two weeks ago. 
and it is scary and it is risky but it's amazing that when you make the decision so many things come into play and start putting their thumbs up at you telling you it was the right decision and we're going to help you along the way yeah. it's, a, it's a powerful powerful thing decision and i think indecision though is just as powerful because you know as we know uh, indecision leads to disintegration and often when a, a wonderful idea comes up in the mind and it's a brand new idea and you're really excited really electric about it that's the time to act when the idea is hot sometimes you spend too time too much time thinking about how you're actually going to execute the idea and before you know it it was just a pipe dream it never really happened so yeah make it making decisions and then taking action immediately I have to commend you on making that decision at 32 on your birthday of, of all things as well. And I remember the, I think right after you made that decision, there was a video that you showed uh, number one, showing your last day and then showing the beach um, in the group that we're, we're in, you were showing the beach and I could, I could feel your happiness um, <laughs> of being free and being able, you know, and really going after your dreams right now. And I can relate so well to that because seven years ago, almost it'll be uh, seven years, November 16th, that I made that same decision. And I just, I remember that feeling. It's almost like a rebirth uh, that you'll have. I guarantee, well, yours was on your birthday. So you'll never forget that day. But mm -hmm. I have two birthdays. See, I have November 1st is my actual birthday. But November 16th was that day that I made that decision and started to live my dreams. So that's my my I'm seven years. I'll be seven years old on that. One. <laughs> I like the idea of that. How will I do it? I'm just going to celebrate for two days next year. <laughs> I, like to, I like to call it a birthday week anyway. So I'll just expand it out a little yeah. bit more than that. But, yeah, you're right. The, the feeling of freedom, it's, it's interesting because it's kind of the second time in a way that I've done this because I moved to Australia five years ago. And when I did that, I quit my job and it was again, a big risk, a big move, uh, a big change in my life, but I, I went with it and yeah, that feeling of freedom and, and knowing it was, it was bittersweet knowing that these people you've worked with for a while, you're probably never going to see them ever again. It's just how it is. But yeah. knowing that these new, these new changes and challenges are coming in your life and embracing them and just taking them full on. But there is one thing I must correct you on, Barry. It hasn't been my quite been my last day yet because I had to hand in my notice and serve my time. So I've, okay. I've still got the rest of this week and the rest of next week. But let me tell you, I'm looking forward to uh, putting my tools down for a while and working yeah. more with the, the tools of my mind, seeing what we can create there. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited for you. Now oh, We're going to share the journey together, I'm sure. Now... And I'm sure there's been many challenges along your way on, on the note of challenges, Barry, particularly in, you know, what are you doing in law enforcement there with the military? I can imagine it's not an easy job being a military police officer. But tell me about perhaps some of them challenges in that sector and then some of the challenges you faced as an entrepreneur, you know, when you're going for that, that hunger for the hustle and feeding it as it needs feeding in people like yourself, some real big challenges that you came up against. You know, I, I often share a quote uh, that Steve Jobs did at the Stanford commencement uh, graduation for uh, Stanford students uh, probably 20 or so years ago. And he talks about connecting the dots. And he says that you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect the dots looking backwards. 
but you have to trust that the dots will connect in the future. And when I look at my life and realize from childhood into adulthood as a police officer and then going into entrepreneurship, it's all a matter of connecting the dots. And I wouldn't be where I'm at right now without the experiences of being in combat um, as a, a U.S. Army soldier. I wouldn't be where I am as an entrepreneur without the experiences that I've had as a police officer. And so, you know, the one thing is, you know, both situations are very dangerous situations. And uh, the, the main goal that you have with either one of them is to get home at the end of the night to, to survive yeah. the day. And uh, that was one of the things that when you have that mindset, you're number one, you're very quick on your feet and you're very aware of what's going on around you. You're uh, astute to the people that you're you're talking to. You're looking at their mannerisms. You're looking at the things, the words that they're using and what they're saying, because you want to be able to react or re respond. I know we've talked about react and respond recently, <laughs> uh, but you want to be able to respond to the, their actions immediately. And it was through, you know, again, I, I had some hairy situations. I can tell you in 26 years of law enforcement, I was fortunate that I never fired my weapon at anyone, but I had three occasions where I actually looked down the barrel of a gun and I'm, I'm here and there, the gun, no, no gun was ever fired at me uh, in those situations. So in some of them, there was some quick talking that occurred and some of them there was some quick response that occurred uh to keep me uh, uh safe in that situation so uh but i can tell you that it, now in real estate when i have a real estate deal that goes bad that just goes off the rails and awry uh you know it's not one of those things everyone around me the the buyer the seller the other agents everyone's going frantic and for me, it's like, you know what? Nobody's getting shot at in this situation right now. Let's <laughs> let's calm down and figure this thing out. And one thing I've kind of learned through law enforcement is there's always a solution to a problem. And I've applied that to, to business. Anytime a problem comes up, there's always a solution. There's some way to figure out how to work through whatever is the current matter is. And the beauty of it is, is, you know, uh, Jim Rohn has a quote of don't wish for for things to get easier, wish for you to get better. And that's what I learned is that when you go through these trials and, and challenges in law enforcement, as well as now in business, it makes me better, you know, along the way. And one of my biggest challenges in business. So I, I retired in 2013. I was with a, uh, a direct sales company and had a lot of success uh, with that on the front end. The company started to uh, change as far as uh, the industry itself was going through some changes and my income started to change. And it put me in a situation, the very thing that I feared, why I never left a secure job was starting to happen. And that was, I was in a situation where I was on the verge of homelessness and I had kids that were, you know, in school and uh, I had to figure it out. And it was one of those moments for me where everyone around me was telling me, man, go back into law enforcement. You, you left on, you know, good circumstances. Anyone will take you back. 
go back and do what you've done for so long. But at that point, I don't know if you've ever heard the term of psychologically unemployable, <laughs> but I was at that point where in my mind, I could not take a job. I, I refused to take a job. And so I had to figure it out, but it was going to have to be anything other than a job. And and not to knock jobs. Jobs are great. Job, a job was great for me for many different years. But I was just at a point in my life where a job was no longer going to do it because I had a taste of entrepreneurship and I knew how, how amazing it could be. And but I also had learned that was through the, the gift that I I took into this challenging time was personal development because see, about four years prior to that, I started to listen to Les Brown and Jim Rohn and, and Bob Proctor and Tony Robbins and so many other people. So I knew that there was going to be a point in life where it's going to be challenging and that was going to be my test and to, to really see, okay, are you cracked up for this? Do you, this belief that you say you have when everything is good, do you hold that same belief when things, you know, get tough? And so that was a lesson for me. And I came through and um, it took about a year and a half of really growing and building. But I got myself into a place where now, I mean, I, I'm very happy where the direction that life is going right now. Mm. Yes, it's interesting how you you completely turn it around and you're great. Just a great journey you took you took me on there and the listeners are a complete roller coaster of you know riding it high six figures there to the end of your law enforcement to making the decision and then to going to the point of wow you know facing homelessness there at one point and but sticking in there and picking it up that takes some mental strength to not just go hey look I'll just take a job because it's going to be you know it's going to be easy you know what something our our mentor Les Brown says you know. The things, that, and I'm probably going to get this wrong, but I'll go for it anyway. The things in life that you do are easy. No, sorry. <clears throat> Let me get, I will get it right. If you do the easy things in life, then life will be hard. And if you do the hard things in life, then life will be easy. Now, I find some truth in that. But I would say it's not completely 100% true. But making the decision when you're in a hard place to do the easy thing I think only brings you more of something that's hard, not something that's easy. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's, you know, it, it's, as I, I swung a, a quote into my speech uh, at the Power Summit, which, you know, we were both honored to share the stage a couple of weeks ago, which was easy is average and average is over. And, and I think that's, that's truly true, in the, particularly in this time that we're in now, where essentially anyone can start their own business and all you need is one of these, which makes it, highly competitive and you can't be average because attention's the, the currency and how do you get more attention you get it by being different and doing different things and average just isn't going to sell so and i wonder if you'd it interests me barry if you'd taken the easy route there when you were at a low point and you'd just taken a job and gone back to having a job just over broke and not living your life i don't have a good anagram for that but i'll make one up soon <laughs> would would how would your life look now you know it could be a completely different life that you're living now just because yeah. of one decision yeah. Power. i can tell you i i honestly i think i would be miserable because 
I lived in a place, again, I had a very good job and I was very thankful for it, but it wasn't what made me happy. It wasn't until I went out on my own that I was truly in my, my happiest place. And for the last seven years, even in the struggle, even when it was tough, I never lost the happiness of being on out on my own. And that's why, again, it, it didn't make sense for me to go into a job. And that lesson, honestly, it's going back to connecting the dots that I was talking about. The lesson on not going back to that job was learned when I was in high school. Because, see, I, I played football in high school. And like most American um, football players, kids that are playing football, our dream is to go into the NFL and play at the highest level. And that was what my dream was. And, you know, I was a skinny kid. I was really fast, but I was skinny and I got beat up, you know, in football. And I, I got to a point where I quit on my dream. And I can tell you that was my biggest regret for so long in life, even going into adulthood. But it was a lesson that I learned because I, I knew what regret felt like and I didn't like that feeling inside of me. And that's why I said, OK, you got to make this decision to go into entrepreneurship or you're going to regret it just like you did when you didn't you know, stay with your dream of football. And then when that moment came of, OK, you're, you're down on your luck, you're in dire straits right now, you can go back to get this job. But there was this other voice that was saying, but you're going to regret it. And I said, nope, I'm not going to do it. No, exactly right. Uh, winners never quit and quitters never win is something that Vince Lombardi said. And you're certainly, I would say, a winner because you never quit. Yeah. Right? It's, challenges come up. They come up, but we, we push through them. And for them, then you find the growth. If you just submit and slink back into your comfort zone, there's, there's not much growth there, right? Now, while we're on the subject of, of winning and winners, I'm going to go straight from the challenges to the flip side. Tell me, tell me a, a big win that you had and a, a moment that really cemented it for you and made you realize, yes, this is me. This is what I should be doing. I should be an entrepreneur. You know, I think there is there's so many of the wins. And, I, you know, I can look at it from a monetary standpoint, but more importantly for me, I think it's almost at a at a personal growth level and a spiritual level of just realizing that when I started implementing some of the, the training that I was getting from, uh, again, mentors like uh, Tony Robbins and and Les Brown and believe the belief and then putting uh, the belief into action, putting a plan behind it. And realizing, okay, man, this stuff that they're telling me that these guys that I've never met in person, I've listened to a YouTube video 400 times and made a decision to follow what they're saying on this video and it works. So that was pretty powerful. And to realize, okay, it wasn't a fluke. It didn't work one time. It worked over and over and over again. And it worked in network marketing and it worked in affiliate marketing and it worked in real estate. And so it was realizing that that was a major win because now you understand that through your mind and what you think and what you believe and creating the proper plan and then having being, having a fearless attitude to put the plan into action, when you combine all those components, 
that it works no matter what it is that you're doing. It doesn't have to be one particular industry that it's going to work in. It's just having the the proper uh, principles in place that will create that success for you. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Something rings true to me, and it's something my mother says, actually, love, hope, and faith. They're the three ingredients in our family that we 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 pull out the mental toolbox when you need a bit of support and the, having having the faith it's it's interesting you know you got listening to these people powers of positive messages some you've talked about tony robbins and les brown and some other names you mentioned that i found that when i started listening to these people i love what they were saying i love their words and particularly les brown which is someone who i chased up as a mentor and now you know been coached by him they were I didn't just hear them in my head. I felt them in my heart. I felt like they were directly speaking to me, although I could see that on the screen, millions of people had watched the video I'd watched and thousands of people liked it and commented. It felt like to me that they were talking directly to me and I felt it in the heart. However, I must say, people would hear me listening, friends, and they're like, what's this What's this rubbish you're listening to? I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't align with it. And I'm like, oh, that, that's, that's okay. And in, and, in my mind, I was thinking, well, that's fine. I'll just do me. But it was a, a former time in my life where I wasn't as confident. And it made me think, should I be listening to this stuff? Does it work? Is it worth continuing to listen to? And thank goodness I did and held the faith because it really does work. The power of the mind and focusing on it and, and knowing that thoughts really, truly do become things. Everything happens once in the mind. The idea, the seed is planted. And then it is manifested and becomes in, in, in physicality in the physical realm in front of us, but it can, you know, for, for anyone that's listening, I think it'd be a good thing to share with them that perhaps may have only just started on spending time on themselves, personal development, the biggest investment you could ever make stick at it. Because even if, you know, people around you aren't saying it makes sense, they think it's silly. They think it's stupid. It doesn't matter. That's their life. That's what they want to do. Just stay in your lane, keep listening. And uh, I don't know when, when you like to listen to messages, Barry, but I like to listen early in the morning upon waking, I find that that's when it really gets right into me. How about yeah. you? Yeah, same thing. Uh, first thing in the morning, I used to have actually had an alarm clock where I don't know if you know who Eric Thomas is. Um, I had a CD of Eric Thomas that was the first thing that I heard in the morning. It, it was part of my alarm clock. It woke me up in the morning. And but now I first thing I, I do, and it's like you said, you know, I, I have family members that uh, will make jokes about because I I'm in the shower and the music is blaring in the, in the bathroom. So everybody is getting the personal development, not just me in the shower. And uh, so, yeah, they they make jokes about what it is that I'm listening to there. But the funny thing is they're reciting piece of it, pieces of what they're hearing as they're making their jokes. So I'm like, okay, my, my, uh, my plan is working. It's slowly <laughs> slipping into your, your subconscious thoughts as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, it's, and, and I listen to a lot of different people. Uh, one of my, uh, a mentor of mine that has become a friend is a gentleman by the name of Dr. Billy Allsbrooks. I don't know if you've heard of him, but, uh, amazing. He speaks, uh, a lot from a motivational standpoint on greatness, but from a biblical aspect. And um, so we've actually got to know one another and I've gone to, I'm going to another one of his events, 
his last event at the end of the year. He was just here in Denver a month ago, but he, uh, he was a former rapper. So what's interesting about him is some of his, he, he has a very eloquent speaking um, in regards to delivering the message, but because of his background as a rapper, he's created motivational speeches that are rap songs and, you know, and they have great beats to them. So very easy to listen to, fun to work out to. I know Cam Newton and a lot of professional athletes are working out to his, his uh, motivational uh, videos now. So uh, pretty exciting stuff for him. And, and again, it's been just great, great for me to listen to as well. Yeah, don't, I, I can imagine that aligns with you very well, Barry. A guy likes to work out like I do, although we had the gyms closed here for months. But I know you like rap music as well, so what a perfect fit for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I find it to, you know, the reason me and you are actually here now and have met is because we've embarked on some some training courses, and, you know, one of them was under Les Brown, and, why is the reason that we were even even able to do that? Well, because he was more available because events have stopped around the world because of COVID-19. So it, it's very interesting talking about positives and things you can pull out of situations which aren't so positive on the face of it. Yeah. That, you know, the availability of people who, you know, have a very busy schedule, you know, uh, celebrities, speakers, you know, people who just have a, a hectic, crazy schedule. These people are a lot more available at the moment and they're having a, a lot more time on their hands. And I think there's no better time than right now on the planet if there's, you know, someone that you know that's, let's use the word celebrity because it's an easy word to use, that you want to connect with and that you've got something that you'd like to share with them. <clears throat> there's no better time than now to, to be able to do that. Yeah, And absolutely. there's there's some serious opportunities coming out of um, <clears throat> this coronavirus stuff. It's just whether you see them as opportunities <clears throat> excuse me, or as obstacles and challenges. I truly, truly believe that. Yeah, yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right. And I, we are very fortunate that, again, I, I talked to uh, John Tellerico and I told him, you know, they could have added a zero on what we paid for this chorus and I still would have paid because it, it would have been worth it because this is, just like you, this is a gentleman that I've been listening to for years and following his message and seeing results from, from creating this new belief in myself. And now I got the opportunity to actually be trained by him live. Uh, yeah, it was, it was just a no brainer. So I, you know, and I see more and more people are taking advantage of that. I actually mm -hmm. just have a, a young lady that I've mentored for quite a few years that just joined and she'll be on her first, uh, your power voice or your power voice training tomorrow so pretty exciting uh excited for her as well yeah yeah it's it's one heck of a course and i would you know anyone who's watching and we're not affiliates or promoters of this course in any way we've just done it and found fantastic value in it and impact in our lives it's opened up so many things and more than anything for me i must say it was fantastic to speak at the summit and it, i'm following a passion that's been a passion of mine for a long time but one of the big main values I've got from it is connecting with like-minded people who go after things, who are driven. You know, the term collaborative team-driven effort is something that's just, I might as well get it tattooed on my arm because if that's what life's become for me lately as a result of this course. So, yeah, anyone who's interested in that Power Voice program, I'll, I'll put that in the comments just now. So when you guys are looking back, you can look it up as well. I would 
and I know Barry would as well. Highly, highly recommend that. So that's in the yeah. comments for anyone to see. Barry, if you had to, st- let's just say, I'm going to take you back there, and this might not be nice for you, but stick with me. I'm going to take you back to that time, buddy, when homelessness was on the cards, you know, when things were looking real low. You had you had people you had to provide for, and perhaps you were struggling to provide for yourself. Let's just say, I know it's never going to happen, but imagine it did tomorrow and you were back in that situation and you had to start again. You had to start real estate and entrepreneurship again. Is there anything you would do differently? You know, uh, the when I saw that question, I thought about the do differently. Number one, I, I think I would have started sooner. That's why I commend you at 32. See, I was 45 when I left uh, the, the police department. And that, again, that's somewhat of one of those areas for me where I'm like, man, I wish I would have just started sooner. And the starting sooner really comes down to uh, being fearless and not having fear and not having doubt. And I think knowing what I know now, and if you were even to take me back just five years ago, I've grown in those those five years, those four years. And there are, you know, certainly things that I'm putting in place right now because again, real estate is a great industry to be in. You can make some very large amounts of income pretty quickly. Uh, but the one thing about real estate is it is it's the now. It's I have a closing. I get paid for what I do now, uh, unless I, I have real estate investments uh, in uh, as far as like uh, rental property and things of that nature. But there are so many opportunities and you are a prime example of e-commerce and, you know, affiliate marketing and so many opportunities online to to create residual income. So residual income is like the buzzword for me. It's like the thing that I am looking to build um, over these next 10 years and really the next five years. Um, and probably slowing down on on the real estate and being able to focus more on the residual. Uh, again, John Tellerico and I have had conversations about residual. He knows and understands the power of residual income. Mr. Brown understands it. Bob Proctor, we've seen a countless number of times that he understands the power of residual income. And when you see these multimillionaires that understand and are speaking about residual income. And the the quote that I love the most right now from Mr. Brown is that the three types of people that are gonna come out of this pandemic are millionaires, billionaires, and witnesses. And I can tell you, I am not gonna be that third one. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, and there, there's just, and we live in a time because you think about, you know, in the U.S. we had the gold rush where many millionaires were were created during the gold rush when this country was being built. Then we had the oil boom, uh, where again in Texas and many areas uh, in the middle of the country where mil- many millionaires and billionaires were created. But we live right now in this digital age, and it's not just in the U.S. It's worldwide. And this is an age and a time that more millionaires and billionaires will be cre- created than this this country, this world has ever seen. And it's just you have to make a decision which one of those three you're going to be. And, you know, again, when you're putting yourself around the right people and they're telling you the exact same thing, 
you, you make the decision and then you start finding those opportunities. Uh, you are a perfect example. And, you know, I don't want to just put your information out there, but I love the, the text that we got in our group from you uh, this weekend about waking up with money, you know, pretty substantial four figures in your account, you know, from that wasn't there when you went to sleep. That's pretty powerful. Mm, it certainly is. And you almost took the words out of my mouth. I'll just put it in the comments here. If you don't learn how to make money in your sleep, then you'll work until you're dead. That's something I truly, it's pretty impactful. And I know it's a bit frightening, but it's true, right? If you, if you don't learn how to make money in multiple time zones when you're asleep or produce a product that people can buy whenever they like and they don't have to speak with you or actually transact with you, they can just purchase it online whether that be a product or a service, you know, you're going to, you're going to work to the, to the bone until you, until you die. You know, that's why I truly believe some people will say that's rubbish, but um, uh, give it a whirl and tell me in 50 years time. <laughs> now, Barry, I know you've got the book coming out and I'd love to hear some more about that. And tell me, you, you, you hinted there that you're going to be taking your foot off the gas on real estate and moving more into other opportunities and, and projects that you have. What are your goals and aspirations for those goals and projects and the book going into the future? You know, really, uh, I'm honestly, for me, I'm, I'm a Christian, so I, I really just follow uh, where God is taking me. And right now, the passion for me has been, you know, I think we all have a purpose. Um, you know, Mark Twain has a quote that says, the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. And it took me about 47, 48 years to find the why. But I, when I found it, I realized I was already working in it. And really, because as a in the military, I served for my country. As a police officer, I protected and served my community. When I became an entrepreneur, I saw the success I had, and I became a servant leader in trying to help other people have that same success. I serve in real estate. So service is really what's ingrained in me and serving others is where I get my my biggest um, fulfillment in life. And now the direction that has taken me is being able to serve by inspiring and being able to, to speak and write this book, Ignite Your Greatness, which was inspired by the words that we've heard so many times, there's greatness in you. And when I heard those words for the very first time, um, I, I heard them, but I didn't really listen. I didn't absorb them. But as I started to absorb them, I asked myself, is there greatness in me? And then I started to believe there is greatness in me. And then I started to realize there's greatness in all of us. We all have special gifts and talents just because we're not Tom Brady or we're not Michael Jackson or uh, Michael Jordan, and we're not on TV, and we're sharing these gifts and talents with the world, there are still people that I know that right here in my neighborhood that are doing amazing things and ha are living in their calling and in their greatness. And, and you can tell because they're happy with what they're doing. And you, you can see the community around them is in amazement at what they're doing. And they're ju they just feel like this is just normal. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so the book really taps into this. It's kind of broken down into three segments. The first part of the book, because I'm a police officer and when I used to have to go to court, 
I had to help prove the case. So in the first part of the book, I'm using a science perspective and I'm using a biblical perspective to prove the case that there is, in fact, greatness in each and every one of us. Because you got to get people to believe in their greatness before I could go any further in the book. The second part of the book is then giving you the tools. Now that you believe there's greatness in you, let me show you through belief, through planning and through execution, how to really bring your greatness to the surface and, and share it with the world. And then the third part of the book I, is, I call it evidence of greatness, is where I, I interviewed four people. One of them is that, that gentleman, Billy Allsbrooks, that was a mentor through YouTube that has become a friend um, and, and some very successful people that I was able to interview that the funny thing is when you, I asked them all a question, when did you recognize your greatness? And all except for Billy, they were taken back by it. Now, some of these folks are multimillionaires and they were taken back by me telling them you have greatness in you. And it was in that moment that I realized, okay, these people that I look at as having greatness in them are surprised to, to hear someone say that, then most everyone else is probably feeling that same thing, that this greatness, no, that that's for the Michael Jordans of the world, the Michael Jacksons of the world. That's not something that was, that was, uh, you know, I have inside of me. So, uh, so the book really goes through breaking down and getting people to understand that we all have greatness inside of us. And we just have to find what our gifts and talents are and, and then share them with the world, nurture those gifts and talents and bring them to the world. Exactly right. I love, love your answer to that one, Barry. It's, couldn't agree with it more. And greatness is something that's often held in a very, very high regard. And it's, and it's you know, people think it's, it's movie stars, it's, fa it's famous sports people, it's people who achieve great things on a world stage. And I've got to be honest, I don't really believe that. I think greatness can lie within people. If, if you're a person, I've got a friend who makes cakes. Every time I need a birthday cake, I get in touch with them. And they make fantastic cakes. I believe their greatness is with, within them making their cakes. And they love what they do. They find greatness in that. I, I work as a plumber. I've got lots of friends, you know, all around the world that work in the construction industry as well. And many of them take great pride in what they do, you know, because then many of them carpenters, furniture makers, their greatness lies within the tools of their craft and their hands, you know, pe people who write books and it doesn't have to be a huge best-selling multinational world smashing box office breaking book. It can just be a book that you really enjoy and gave a, a number of people some, some impact. I'm not talking yeah. about your book, Barry, your book's going to be a big one, <laughs> but what I'm really trying to pertain to is that greatness doesn't have to be something that's, on a big worldwide scale and you don't have to be some kind of big hotshot celebrity to to be able to achieve greatness you can achieve it in your own bedroom making music you can achieve it in your own kitchen baking things and and you know whatever you do you're essentially and what you pertain to actually providing service to others you know i'm i'm not a religious man I'm, I'm a believer in the universe myself but that doesn't mean that i hear some lines out of the bible and i think yeah that's a good one i'll stick that in my back pocket and, and one that um, i've been hearing a lot recently is the greatest among you will be your servant and that's something that truly aligns with me and that you've just pertained to there that it's interesting isn't it there? as you've told us 
about your story. And of course, I did my research, but I've learned more about your story through speaking to you. And there's a, a consistent narrative of service in your life. Every yeah. pretty much everything you've done has has been a big service, a big focus on providing service to others. And look, I'm not an American, but I will say on that note, thank you for your service because you know I've got I've got relatives in my family who are in the forces or have been as well, and you know it's it's people like those that mean that people like you know civilians can live freely and and live you know in in many parts of the world as they do. I know some parts of the world we don't, but can live freely and independently and happy lives. It's due to service like yours and and other people who served in in the forces. So thanks very much for that. Appreciate that. You're welcome. Now, Barry, before we jump off, I'm going to throw you a quick curveball. All right. If you could recommend, I'm going to I'm going to ask for one hot tip that you would give to someone that is watching this call that maybe is thinking about starting their own business, and then I'm going to ask you for one book recommendation. All right. Um, so, someone's looking to start their own business. I would definitely say. If it's a business that is brand new to you, find some, even if it isn't, find someone that has achieved the success that you want. I think I said this earlier, but that is truly what I have done in life is, is I've aligned myself with the people that have achieved the success that I want and I copy them. You know, there's a saying that, you know, it's not good to be a copycat unless you're copying the right cat. Um, you know, so uh, that's what I do is, you know, it's okay. We were taught in school not to copy, but in life, uh, you have to copy, emulate, duplicate with the success because success leaves clues, follow the clues, and it will make life so much easier uh, in that regard. And even if it's something, maybe it's something brand new that no one has done, but there's going to be different things that have come along that are somewhat like that, where you can take the the business model or the, the plan that created success in that business and, and apply certain aspects of it to this new business and it will create the same success because it's success is based off of principles and off of the, the doing of those principles on a consistent uh, manner. So that, that would have to be the, the biggest piece of advice is find that person that you can duplicate in regards to that. And the the one book, uh, most people in the business world, this is, it almost seems like an easy one to say, and, and I, got, I might actually give you two, uh, and they're both by the same guy, Napoleon Hill, and Think and Grow Rich. And the reason I say that is because Think and Grow Rich for me, it was my very first uh, personal development book about 2008. Uh, I picked it up, my sister told me about it, and it again, it gave me those 13 principles that opened my eyes to a whole different world. And, and then his book that he wrote, Outwitting the Devil, which was very interesting. I'll give you a little backstory on this. He wrote and published uh, Think and Grow Rich in 1937. He wrote Outwitting the Devil in 1938, but it was not released until 2011. And the reason being, his wife was so afraid of the backlash that would come because it was it was a very, you know, it's probably still controversial now. You can imagine in 1937 mm -hmm. when uh, an author, Napoleon Hill, is writing a book telling you about his interview with the devil. 
Um, it would be very controversial in the church world. But I can tell you there was one piece in that book when the, the devil started his interview. He told Napoleon Hill, I'll answer any question that you ask of me as long as you respond, uh, refer to me as your majesty. And when Napoleon asked him why, he said, because I'm the ruler of this world that we're in. And I rule it through two things, fear and doubt. And for me, that was the moment where I said, okay, I have been allowing the devil to interfere with my life, to distract me from my goals and my dreams. Every time that I, I get close to wanting to stop work, stop working a job and, and pursue my dreams, fear sets in. Doubt in myself starts to come along. That's the devil at work. And again, being a Christian man, for me, the devil cannot have any dominion over me and I cannot have him have any space in my life. So it was through that thinking for me that allowed me to now, anytime there's fear or doubt on anything that I'm looking to do, I always tell myself that's the devil at work and I'm getting close to, to achieving something. So that's why he's putting that pressure on me. That's why in 2016, when I hit the lowest point in my adult life of almost being on the verge of homelessness, because I didn't say it, but as a kid, I had experienced uh, a sense of homelessness where my mom and I were moving from household to household of family members. We didn't have a home of our own. And I knew I didn't want that for myself. And I thought to myself, okay, this is the devil telling me, okay, remember when you experienced this as a kid? I'm about to make you experience it as an adult and make your kids now have to experience it. That could have been a fearful moment. But instead, it was one of those moments where I said, you know what? I'm about to fight back on this one. I know what you want me to do. You want me to go back to that job, but I'm not doing that. So those are definitely be the two books I would refer. They were life changing, as you can see, for me. And I've read Think and Grow Rich six times. Every time I read it, I, I swear they put new pages in the book because <laughs> there's stuff in there that I didn't read the last uh, six yeah. times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know that one. I've got my, my copy of Think and Grow Rich. I think it's actually the second, probably the second personal development book I ever read, read after The Secret. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a tatty, it's a tatty one mine is because it's been around the world with me so many times. It's a good travel companion, I find. Uh, just remind me of the name of the second one. Sorry, Barry. Outwitting the Devil. Outwitting the Devil. That's not one I have read, but it sounds like oh, one I definitely powerful. need to. Powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, get, if you I'll get. I don't know if you do audio books, but if you do audio books, it's great because the the narrator on that his voice changes as he's speaking as the devil and it's a very demonic book. So, I mean, it really draws you in. And right. uh, so, yeah, it's a powerful book. I'm going to get that on my audio ball. That's for sure. All right. Barry, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I've really enjoyed sharing this time it's with you. Been my pleasure as well. I have a feeling we'll see more than one book from you. And when the next one's ready, we'll have you back on brother. That'd be great. I appreciate that, Jake. Thank you so awesome. much. Thank you all. Thank you, everyone, for all your love in the comments. Joanna and Aaron, it's been great to see you listening. And Sabrina, too. So thanks, everyone. This is me signing out. There's another episode later this afternoon, so you can check in for that. Busy day for me. Thanks for joining us all. Take care.